Welcome to this new Happy Podcast. I'm Christine Esposito, Managing Editor of Happy. Topical CBD products are red hot right now. In fact, there's so much activity, it can be hard to keep up with all the developments in the space. The sector is rife with new product launches, and while there's no clear leader, some brands were fast out of the gate and have found success. Today on the Happy Podcast, we have someone who has his pulse on what's happening, Greg Deacon. Greg is CEO of CWI Consulting Services, which has a new study on the CBD topicals marketplace. Greg leads CWI's consulting practice, advising clients on CBD policy and providing market landscape analysis. He explores the complex web of social, political, and ecological systems surrounding CBD. Hey, welcome, Greg. Thanks, Christine. Great to have you here. Um, let's jump into some of these questions that I have about this whole marketplace. You know, topical CBD products have been um, a really hot topic within personal care, and I'm wondering if you have any hard numbers that you can share with us. I do. Um, as you know, uh, my company, CWI Consulting Services, just released our new CBD topicals report. Um, so I happen to have all these numbers right here at my fingertips. Um, so in 2019, there were $704 million worth of CBD topicals sold in the United States. Um, this year, they're projected to sell something around $750 million worth. Mm. And over the next five years, we're expecting to have a compound annual growth rate of about 22%, which is, about, which is dramatically better than the overall um, topicals market, which is about 6%. Um, in, the, in the 2020 CBD topicals report, we found that most of the common formats are lotions and creams. Um, so they're, they're, they're well within, like, the very center of the, uh, of the personal care sector. Um, 43% of the CBD products on the market, in fact, are lotions and creams and balms are 26%. So they're very, very central. Oh, definitely. That's the wheelhouse for personal care, and those numbers are just um, exponential, and uh, any kind of marketer would be interested in that. You know, and which leads me to my next question. You know, who are some of the market leaders right now? And I'm wondering if you have any insight into how they captured that position. Yeah, yeah, well, Right now, um, this market is relatively new. You know, CBD as a consumer product, it's really only been legal in the United States since the end of 2018. So it's very new. Um, so as a result, what we see in the market is hundreds and hundreds of brands and few clear leaders. It's not a mature market in which you would see, you know, one or two identifiable brands that everybody knows. So, for example, the leading, in 2019, the leading um, CBD topicals brand in the U.S. was Sagely Naturals. Um, anybody who's in the sector is familiar with them, but people who aren't in the sector may or may not be. They're the leading brand, but they still have only 8% market share. Um, after them is a brand called CBD Clinic at 5% and Medterra at 3%. And after that, the top 50 brands together are, are 60% of the sector. Um, and then the rest of them, hundreds more, are in the remaining 40%. So it's an extremely long tail um, with a few leaders, but their their market leading positions are by no means consolidated. Um, so these brands, there's many because there's many different brands. There's also many different approaches to coming out into the market. Um, Sagely, for example, uh, they've been around from the very early days of CBD uh, CBD topicals. I'm not sure exactly when they started. I think it was around 2015. Um, they came out early with quality products um, and and good branding, and they've been relentless ever since in, you know, being present when people are talking about CBD topicals and getting into mainstream retail. Um, that's the, the, real, the real 
differentiating factor between the top 10 or so and the rest of the brands is that those top brands have been able to substantially make the jump from online-only sales or niche sales into mainstream retail, um, places like you know, CVS and Walgreens and um, uh, Safeway. You know, many, many mainstream national retailers are now carrying CB, CBD products topicals especially, and these leading brands are the ones that they're carrying, and that's why they're leading. But as I said before, they're by no means the, 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 any 900-pound gorillas in this sector. Right. Um, are there any kind of up-and-comers that have caught your attention and that maybe we should be looking into as well? Well, they're all up-and-comers. You know, the entire sector is an up-and-comer. There's, there's some that are establishing distinctive brands for themselves, brand names. So one example is Lloyd-Jones, which... Um, you know, is a, it's a high-end brand aimed at people who are willing to spend a lot of money on a luxury product, um, and then that's, that's their niche. Uh, in contrast, there's another brand, uh, for example, Mary's Nutritionals, which is also a very well-known um, CBD topicals brand. Their approach is to target people who are looking at CBD products as therapeutic agents. Um, so it's very distinctive from Lloyd-Jones. And what this kind of comparison shows is that within the CBD market, CBD topicals marketplace, there are as many strategies for approaching the market as there are brands. Um, you know, there's those that go for mainstream brick and, brick and mortar. There's many that are, that are online only. There's some, like Laura Jones, I said, is aiming for like a luxury market. There's others that are aiming for, for bargain markets. Um, and then there's some that are aiming for specific communities of people. They're aimed at people who have, you know, specific conditions or are a specific demographic. And they're finding a great deal of success as well. That's very interesting. It's also, um, we see a lot of different um, ingredients in terms of how people are like kind of marketing under that whole C CBD space. And I'd like to shift the conversation there, and I'm wondering if you have any insight about the different materials that are being used and marketed under that big umbrella, because obviously not all the materials are the same. So yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, when we did the CBD topicals report um, at CWI, we, we looked very closely at what the ingredients are in these topical products in addition to CBD. And it was very clear immediately that the current crop of CBD topicals products in the marketplace are by and large situated in the natural products category. So the ingredients that they have in them other than CBD are typically things like coconut oil, essential oils, um, you know, things like that. Um, that's, there's a couple of reasons I think it has evolved this way so far. Um, one of them is that CBD is an expensive ingredient, so CBD products tend to be inherently on the more expensive side of the spectrum of their category. Um, and in the case of topicals, it's the natural products, the natural topicals um, that tend to be in the more expensive side. So it fits in into that category on pricing. And the other is that I think that a lot of the people to date who are coming to CBD are people who have more of a – for whom the, the natural product category resonates with them. Um, so that, you know, I think makes a lot of sense right now. But I think what we're going to see is that as the marketplace evolves, it's going to become broader and broader and eventually resemble the topical sector at large. Okay, that does make a lot of sense. You know, you mentioned before that there is no 900-pound gorilla in the marketplace right now. So I'm wondering, you know, um, are there opportunities for some of these um, personal care companies, maybe even established company? Um, what opportunities do they have? But I'm wondering, are there also like trouble spots or maybe some issues or roadblocks that companies really need to be aware of before entering this space? 
Yeah, there there are, and, and the big one is regulatory issues. Um, CBD has come to come a long way from even just five years ago when it was it was illegal. Um, but the current situation is that CBD from hemp is legal in the United States. It's legal to grow. It's legal to possess. It's legal. It's legal. It's legal across state lines with it. All of that kind of stuff. Legal to sell it and retail. All of those things. But but all of this is happening in the absence of regulations from the FDA about how it should be um, or should not be present in in consumer products. Um, now, as you know, the FDA the FDA has uh, regulates many different things. So the regulatory approach um, to food and beverage is different from topicals. In food and beverage, the FDA says that it's technically not allowed. Now, as you know, many, many, many brands are are flouting those rules based on the, the rules that different states have that say it is allowed. But in the case of topicals, the FDA rules on topicals are different, and the FDA has not been cracking down on CBD per se as an ingredient in topicals. And that's why topicals have taken off ahead of the other parts of the CBD sector. That's why you see topicals in mainstream retail where often you don't see edible products um, or consumable products of any sort. Um, the, uh, so the, any brand hoping to get into the CBD topical sector has to understand that you're stepping into a playing field that has changing, changing regulations, changing rules and regulations. Um, compliance is really very difficult with CBD products because there are, you know, there's plenty of compliance, there's plenty of compliance guidelines on all of the other ingredients, but with CBD being technically in a gray area, you have to kind of make some decisions based on what you think is the most likely to help your brand in the specific market that you're entering into. We do a lot of that with our clients as we help them like figure out how they're going to take a product and enter safely into a marketplace in in a context of swiftly changing regulatory background. Right. I mean, there's a lot to navigate in that for sure. Um, you know, so let's, before I let you go, I'd actually have one more question, and it's about, you know, some of the growth opportunities. You've mentioned these before, but I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about growth opportunities, be it either in um, product formulation or maybe the retail space or just in terms of how they go about marketing their products. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's tons of opportunities, tons in every, in every direction. I think some of the big ones are, well, one of the, the biggest ones that is just around the corner is existing mainstream brands bringing out CBD versions of their product. We haven't really seen that yet. We've seen a little bit of it here and there, like Shikai, for example, has a CBD lotion, and Avon recently released some CBD topicals. But they're all just baby steps. Um, and I know for a fact, because some of them are our clients, many of these brands have have formulated products and have them ready to enter the market, and they're really just waiting for um, regulatory clarity to do it. Um, so right now we're still in this period where these small brands can come out and do interesting things because there aren't these major, major brands that they're competing with. So among the things that small brands can do right now that are that are I think are really promising, one of them is targeting niche uses. You know, CBD, CBD has so many different things for so many different people, and it's hard to communicate the breadth of all of the things that CBD can do, um, that brands that focus tightly on a specific use or a specific demographic for their product are finding that they're able to engage their customers more deeply and have a better relationship with them. Um, another thing when we talk about demographics that is a big, big growth opportunity is older users, people who are over 65. Um, CBD works tremendously well for many of the chronic conditions that 
you know, that, that, that Americans suffer from. And those chronic conditions tend to be more concentrated in older people. Um, because CBD has a history of being associated with cannabis, it's been a little bit, it's taken a little while for it to start to make inroads into older communities. But now that it is, word of mouth is, is making it spread like wildfire. Like people like my mom. My mom is 85 years old. She has arthritic sciatica in her spine. And she puts on CBD topicals um, on the base of, her, base of her spine. And it's amazing. Like she can, she, the first time she did it, I remember she started like doing deep knee bends. And she was like, I haven't done this in 20 years. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and, but there aren't a lot. There weren't at that time a lot of products aimed at seniors. Now they're starting to come out. Um, and I think another big opportunity is, as I said, the existing products tend to be in the natural product sector, the higher price range. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for lower cost products that are in the more mass market um, style product range. Um, and that's that's happening for two reasons. One, people want CBD. People are looking for it, and not everybody is is looking for higher priced natural products. And the other is. The price of CBD has been coming down relentlessly for the last 10 years or so. Now it's at the level where it's, you know, it had been up to this point by far the most expensive ingredient of any product. Now it's at the level where it's kind of at, you know, it's a high-priced ingredient, but there's other high-priced ingredients that are in the same kind of, you know, $500, $600 a kilo range. Um, so it's coming into, it's coming into like the normal ingredient range, which is going to allow it to appear in, in a lot more lower cost products as things go forward. All right, that's great. Greg, thank you so much for sharing all that insight. It's definitely a marketplace that our entire industry is, you know, either keeping a really close eye on or they're already dabbling in it. And I'm sure more want to kind of test the waters. And I appreciate you sharing some of that insight with Happy. It's my pleasure, Christine. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you.